there, and welcome to the Blue Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Needham. Uh, my first ever guest on the podcast, he writes for the canon. His latest article uh, is the Columbus Blue Jackets Top 25 Under 25. Number two, Zach Rowinski can be found at www.jacketscanon.com. He's a good friend and much more knowledgeable about hockey than me. Please welcome Eric Seeds. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm wonderful, Justin. It's almost hockey season. I know. Thank God. It's been a long off season. It has been a very long off season. Feels like it's been longer than most. Um, a lot of interesting things happening. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Any, 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 uh, any specific things you're talking about here? Oh, part of the fan base losing their mind over Artemi Panarin right now. Only part. Only part. Not everybody's losing their mind. But there have been some definite hot takes, uh, uh, in the last couple of days on, on Mr. Panarin. And we're coming up on his self-imposed deadline. We are one week away. I'm going to hide under the table now, Eric. And I, I look forward to you doing your. <laughs> I look forward to you doing the rest of the podcast from under the table. Under the table. I'm not coming out until we resolve this. Maybe we can get Artemi and his agent on the phone and just take care of it. That that would be ideal. That would be <laughs> ideal. So, what do you think of that uh, first Ohio Battery piece by uh, Kyle Morrison about Artemi being the bad guy? I understand where Kyle is coming from. However, I do not feel a, an unrestricted free agent exercising his right to pick his next location or his next town makes him the bad guy. This, when when we traded him, when we traded Brandon Saad to acquire Timmy Panarin, an absolute steal regardless of what happens because Brandon Saad was terrible last year. We knew this was a thing that could possibly happen. The, the front office had to understand that losing Artemi Panarin in two summers was a possibility. He, was, he would be an unrestricted free agent and can walk away for nothing. However, my, my entire feeling is, first of all, that's his right as per his contract. If he wants to leave Columbus, so be it. I will enjoy every moment he is here. It will be disappointing, of course. You, you know, no one wants to see an eighty-point player walk out the door. However, he's given he's given his time. He's clearly given it all all of his effort. He carried us to the playoffs last season. Um, we wouldn't have made it anywhere close without him. Well, him and PLD. Yeah, P, talk about PLDs <laughs> stepping up. Over, I read some stat the other day um, that if you extrapolate the second half of PLD's season. Uh, from the second half on, he had he was on a sixty-five point pace for the second half of the season. I mean, the kid's nineteen. That's disgusting. So I don't. But anyway, I don't see Artemi Panarin as the bad guy for wanting to exercise his right. And if he wants to live on a beach, so be it. To be honest, I can't fault the guy. I love the beach, so he does have the best tan I've ever seen a Russian get. Yeah, uh, maybe he can give Andre Vasilevsky some notes. <laughs> Like, um, like, I wonder, um, maybe they can just sit down and watch an episode of Jersey Shore and Panera can point at the situation <laughs> and say, hey, do that. Well, what do you think of 
Panarin being compared to Jeff Carter in this article because I don't think it's any no comparison. Way. Jeff Carter pretty much held up his middle finger to the city and, and said, eh, screw you guys, I don't hey, want to be the, here. The front office had to fly to New York to convince Carter to report to training camp. <laughs> I mean, there, Panarin has been nothing but a good soldier. You know, has it leaked out that maybe he wants to leave? Sure. But he's, he didn't quit on the team in uh, the middle of the season and whine and request a trade. He didn't do what Carter did. He didn't do what Adam Foote did. Um, I don't see... Comparing Panarin to Jeff Carter is sacrilege in my book. There, there is no comparison. There is no comparison. Panarin is a free agent and free to do... Part of that is free agent. He's free to do what he wants. Carter was under contract and whined and complained so much that he was traded because he was a locker room cancer. Well, and I don't think it's in Panarin's DNA to quit on a team. No, I mean, I don't think so either. Wouldn't happen. So, how do you think this plays out? Honestly, I think we keep him all season, and if we lose him for nothing, we lose him for nothing. You don't play up where the blue jackets with this roster right now are good enough to be a playoff team especially now that they've signed riley nash and bolstered the spine of the the spine the center position yeah they're 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 good enough to be a playoff team and playoff teams do not trade their unrestricted free agents um it it, you never you never see it happen um frankly if i'm the blue jackets i hang on to panarin all season and see if we can't make a push towards the stanley cup if Sergei Bobrovsky finally decides to show up in the playoffs, if we're in, you know, we could make some noise. If we saw last year with um, the Washington Capitals, they weren't good enough to beat the Penguins. They weren't good enough to win the Cup until all of a sudden they got hot at the end of the season and they won the Cup. I don't see any reason the Blue Jackets can't possibly make a similar run. And if we're in the top two in the division at the end of the year or at the trade deadline, maybe we make a trade of our own to try and get over that hump. Um, Ottawa's going to be terrible this year. Mark Stone's an unrestricted free agent. That's a possibility. Ottawa. Oh, what a dumpster fire. Ottawa is a dumpster fire. Their top three players are unrestricted free agents next summer. Uh, I mean, could you... And not, not one of them's going to resign. Do all their girlfriends get along? Or wives? I That I don't know. <laughs> um, it can't be as bad as the situation from last season. So, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, like in sports where not, it, it just. I haven't seen anything like that that did not involve a Fox reality show. Yeah, Big Brother. Exactly, Big Brother Ottawa. <laughs> um, speaking of Bob and his uh, his contract situation, it appears to me that it it just looks like this is going along the same track every other negotiation with Bob and his agent has taken. And I think if anything's going to be resolved on that front, it'll be December when it happens. That's usually when it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick Foligno was a December contract, if I remember correctly. Cam Atkinson was last year. And and Sergei Bobrovsky has shown... um, a willingness to be patient, and him, he and his agent have waited. Last year, was, or the last contract, it was a midsummer signing when no one, ex- like, just out of the blue. Um, I guess we'll just have to see going forward. I, 
I go back and forth on the on what I would do with Sergei Bobrovsky. I it's it is a good thing I do not work for the front office because I would be the world's worst GM. Oh no no no! I'd be the world's worst GM because I have a temper on top of it. So you know, I just think everybody's overpaid. So it's fine. Uh, I hesitate. I I sincerely do enjoy watching Sergei Bobrovsky play goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I just hesitate paying him so much money because I've seen, A, what it's done to Montreal, and B, Bob hasn't shown he can do it in the playoffs. Those are my two. Well, and the argument against that, though, is Holtby never showed it into the playoffs until, well, he was benched in Game 1 and Game 2 of the previous series and then came in and just played like a man possessed. Right. And maybe, and I wonder how much of a factor come that... Uh, the rest down the stretch played in that for, um, for Holtby. Grubauer, if you remember, played the most of the last two months for the Capitals, um, including the game on the night of the trade deadline. Yeah. Grubauer was the starting goaltender when the Blue Jackets shelled him in Mark Letestu's glorious return to Columbus, <laughs> um, including the only goal he scored once we traded for him. Well, and we didn't have the luxury of resting Bob because, you know, we were in a fight for our playoff lives. I mean, we had, 90, we had, we had to win 10 straight to get in. Yeah, 97 points. And that's not comfortable when the, what's the average? 92 or 93 is what all the GMs kind of pencil in. That'll get us in, no problem. And If only we were in the Pacific Division. <laughs> Remember how much remember how much we hated being in the Western Conference and now yeah. we'd love to go back west. Yeah, can we uh get into the uh Pacific Division? Right. They've had they've had goofy divisions before. Why not just put us over there with LA and Anaheim? Can we determine statistically the weakest division from the previous year and then the Blue Jackets just move to that division every year? I mean, the cup has been in the metro the last three years. Right. It's it's kind of bonkers. Although the Washington Capitals are doing their best to destroy the actual cups. So. Yeah. Uh, I, we I can't know. we can't do cake stands because it might crumple the cup or something like that. Who cares? This is all Sidney Crosby's fault for being a boring lump of wood. I watching Ovechkin celebrate this past summer. Yes, I'm still bitter that we got beat in the first round, but I do take a little consolation in, in the fact that it's just been a, a non-stop party. Heck, I, I'm waiting for the pictures to come out of Putin doing keg stands on the, the Stanley Cup and, you know, Ovi, yeah! My, my, fa my favorite part of the entire celebration was uh, Ovi swimming in the fountain outside the Washington <laughs> Nationals Park. Um, but yeah, I, if we're just an aside on the playoffs, yes, I'm bitter we lost. I would have been okay with losing. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been okay, but I guess I could have tolerated this summer more had we not lost four in a row, including yeah. three of them at home. Well, I take responsibility for that because I have never witnessed a home Blue Jackets playoff win before. Cool. We're selling your tickets. Yeah, it's it's year. it's my fault. Uh, I take full responsibility for that. Although game three, we should have won. Should have won game three. 
but but for a but for an Artemi Panarin post. Well, and he had posted it what about four times that game, five times. I th- don't quote me on this, but I want I say I read it. He says, "Don't quote me on that, as he's being recorded." But I want to I, say, I won't quote I want, you. I'll uh, edit it and post. It's okay. I want to say Artemi Panarin was one of was if not the number one player, one of the top two or three players for hitting the post in the last <laughs> two two years combined. So that just goes to show where we are. It is well, depending on the situation, it is the best sound in hockey or the worst sound in hockey. When it's at Bob's end, you know, you hear the ping, oh, thank God. Right. Artemi does it or, or anybody else. And... It's, it's, the, it's the most disheartening sound in hockey. Come on. Another thing about Bob before we move on, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this to you a little bit before we started recording, but uh, I think one out that we do have with Bob is, okay, let's overpay him, quote unquote, overpay him. Give him the carry price money. And uh, which is about ten million dollars uh, a season. Mm-hmm. Well, it's gotten hot and heavy over in Seattle with them coming to an arena agreement, and now I think uh, Bill Daly from the the league or somebody said that the earliest that the board of governors would vote on a Seattle expansion is I think December mm-hmm. is what I read. Um, so you're looking at an expansion draft possibly again in the next couple of years, two to three years, and they've already said it will be the exact same rules that when uh, Vegas came into the league. I mean, what you would have to do is structure Bob's contract so there's not a no-move or no-trade clause, and then you just don't protect protect them, and you work something out with Seattle and say, take him. Right. Um, yeah, that would be, that is an interesting concept to think about. Um, to not to get out of the no move clause, I think you're gonna have to pay him. You're gonna have to over, you're gonna significantly overpay him. Somewhere, he'll certainly get more than uh, what Carey Price got. Um, so I, I would think to get out of the no move clause, he would get somewhere in the range probably of 12, 12 million. I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. Numbers. But if but say you don't sign Panarin, you that, do you, have you, a little bit of wiggle room right. over the next couple of years. Yes, you do. You have a lot of money. Although some of that money is probably going to go to Zach Warensky, who is also due for a new contract next summer. Um, so and it remains to be seen what he'll get paid. Um, but yeah, if if you lose Artemi Panarin, in the worst case scenario, you do have millions of dollars suddenly free in cap space and it's not like Bobrovsky's getting paid chump change right now anyway no. so part of that uh, part of extending him to that dollar amount it, you know you're not adding that you're not adding that much money to his cap head but you do have to add a good chunk of change well and then Seattle would be just well right. they, doing everything they could to get to the, the minimum floor, floor. yeah so, I mean, even I can't believe Vegas is still struggling. Right. Yeah. Even after the run they had, you know. Right. Vegas has to overpay their own guys just to maintain minimum salary. That's. But they held the line on on Wild Bill. They did. They did hold the line, and 
I think that's a good deal for both of them. Yeah. Um, I don't blame Wild Bill for taking a little less and betting on himself. If he thinks he can reproduce that, more power. And if he does, more power to him. I don't personally foresee a forty goal season for him, but <laughs> poor Winberg. <laughs> Maybe maybe they hung out this summer and uh, William Carlson taught Winberg some tricks because Lord knows we need Winberg to chip in more than three goals a season. Well, you have to shoot more than four times in a season. That's that is entirely true. However, the power play did markedly improve once we put Winberg in front of the net. He might not have been scoring goals, but he was at least in the way enough to contribute to the power play improving oh, down the stretch. And I love how Torts was like, I can't believe it took us this long to figure this out. He wasn't going to shoot it from the half wall, you know, right. so. <laughs> I did I did like the middle of power play down, the new look power play down the stretch. I'm still not super happy with extending the contracts of the assistants however it is what it is and speaking of extending contracts today we had some news that uh john davidson yarmo and bill zito were extended what are your thoughts well that sounds like a law firm to me yes davidson kekalainen and zito llp they take on the toughest cases in the league which, if you think about it, the Blue Jackets were a pretty tough case when they came in and, mm-hmm. and took over uh, six years ago. Um, like a lot of the articles are, are saying, um, it it's a move towards stability. I mean, obviously the franchise is, is moving in the right direction. I think a lot of their legacy is going to come down to this year on how the contract with Bob plays out, you know, Panarin. Um but what they've done to turn this culture around from a kind of a mediocre to a losing culture to, no, we expect to win. We expect to win on a nightly basis, and we expect to win on a yearly basis, make the playoffs, and we expect to make a run for the cup. Now, we haven't made it out of the first round yet, and that's probably the biggest uh, sticking point you could put with this management group is that we haven't been able, been able to make it out of the first round. But I do think we're knocking on the door. Um, I think we were two goals away, one in game three, one in game five, from advancing last year. Mm-hmm. And who knows the run we would have went on. You know, Pittsburgh really wasn't looking all that great in the second round. Matt Murray, ugh, I mean, he's one of those goaltenders where – he is either going to have a shutout or he's going to let five goals in the back of the net. I mean, there is no in-between there. You, you, rarely, you rarely see him pitch that two, two goals allowed on 20-shot yeah. win. You rarely see that. It's all right. They've got the savior of the back line now, Jack Johnson, there for the next <laughs> five years. That contract gets bought out in three, or he gets sent to Seattle in the expansion draft. That, that con- whenever there is another lockout, that contract screams compliance buyout. Please go away. Which, I mean, good for him. I'm glad he got the money. I'm not necessarily happy with him sticking his thumb in Columbus's eye, especially after this management group, the organization, and the fans rallied around him and his family and, and really helped him out when he was in a, a very, very 
tough situation, and the management group didn't have to help him out. They could have traded, you know, we're not going to deal with this mess. They could have traded him. They could have got rid of him. But, no, they treated him like family. And he proceeded to give them the bird in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And Jack so- Johnson is dead to me as a person. I look forward to booing him extensively upon his return. Am I bitter and vindictive? <laughs> yes, I am. But I am also the guy who still boos Rick Nash and still boos Jeff Carter. So what are you going to do when they sign Rick Nash here in the next couple of weeks? That's not funny. Don't say that. <laughs> I, have this discussion with my, I have this discussion with my girlfriend regularly, and I am just unhappy. I, I, have, I have accepted that it's going to happen, and I'm just not happy. I kind of look at that. Is it's not going to be for the beginning of the season. It's going to be like Mike Fisher down in Nashville last year. After the trade deadline, he you know he's able to rest. He comes in after the deadline. Hopefully, we're making a push toward the playoffs or or solidly in, and then he can go out and retire on his own terms. And could could you he know. play? Could he play third line wing on this team? I and chip in offensively with next to Riley Nash. Probably there's just that there's that part of me that you were, you, were, you were the captain and you asked to be traded and that's just not something I can easily forgive. I I recognize objectively he can he could contribute offensively. I mean he did put up what twenty goals last year twenty one somewhere in there. And he's a big body. He's a big body. Could stand in front of the net on the second power play with PLD out there. <laughs> um, but I just. Man, personally, I just do not, do not want that guy back here. You know, Hartnell hasn't signed anywhere yet either. Did you see the picture of Cam and Hartnell holding their babies up? Because that yes. was adorable. Yes, and 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 the moms chatting in the background, like, what are they doing over there? But um, I'm surprised somebody hasn't picked up Hartnell yet. So I wonder if he's getting ready to retire. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard anything on that front this summer. Um, just, I can't believe that Hartnell was here that many years and, and then he goes to Nashville for one and then his career might be done. It, it's almost like there's a generational change going on right Right. now in the, uh, NHL. It seems like the youth, the youth have taken over, uh, Connor McDavid up in, up in uh, Edmonton. Is there a way we can get him on the Blue Jackets? Maybe just trade Panarin for McDavid straight up hockey trade. Right. A good old-fashioned hockey trade. I mean, it's not like Pete Chiarelli's any good up there. So. <laughs> no, that's that's not Pete Chiarelli's team, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that is Pete Chiarelli. Sorry, I'm thinking, I've, I've got my bad Canadian GMs <laughs> all mixed up. There's... No, you're thinking of the Canadians. Yeah, GM. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of Mark Bergman in Montreal, who are also a trainer. Would, would we even be in the, the Pacioretty sweepstakes at all to get him? Um, I've, I've heard rumors that the Jackets have at least made a phone call, and that's... Normal, that, yeah. You know, you at least do your... As a GM, you know, I would expect Yarmo to do his due diligence, but I, I do not believe we are. I think the Jackets, especially with... They might have been in on patches beforehand had they not signed and they might have been now had they not signed Riley Nash um, I believe Riley Nash really really bolsters that 
the middle of their center ice position. Um, well, what he did for Boston last year, I mean, you right. could put him on the first line. He was playing Boston's first line for, yeah, for, for a couple of weeks. When Patrice uh, Bergeron was out, yeah. And didn't they hammer us one of those games during that stretch? They did indeed. Um, Riley Nash, I believe Riley Nash, is, and that's a, that was a great signing by Yarmo for a great dollar value. I truly, I, I think we would be in on Pacioretty had we not signed Riley Nash. But now we have, theoretically, um, five centers on the roster who could contribute on any given night. And then, um, so I really think if we're going to be looking to add a player via trade, it's going to probably be a goal scorer. Um, I don't really know who would be out there. I haven't done a super lot of research, given that it's... Not really the hockey season. It's almost the hockey season, <laughs> yes. but hey, football is starting tonight, so I've been I've been slightly distracted. It's okay. Um, the Blue Jackets, I know, with everything going on with Artemi, if he were to get traded or walks away at the end of the season or or something like that, we'll just assume that he's no longer going to be here. I think a lot of people are sleeping. On Abramoff. Absolutely. I think he could be very much like, um, he has the work ethic that that Bread does. Um, and kind of the same size, you know, and he's still a young kid. He's still growing into his man's body, um, but has that ability to be very slippery and has the same laser shot that Panarin has. He's you got might... incredibly silky hands. And you could have a replacement right in the prospect line regardless he's not going i know they did not send him to traverse city to take uh to take part in that they wanted to hold him out precautionary because, precautionary because of off-season wrist surgery but he is skating here in columbus i think a lot of people are going to be wowed with vitaly abramov this preseason i like the short guys because <laughs> i'm short myself so i I, I truly believe a lot of people are going to be wowed by him. He's a former he's a former uh, Q MVP, the Quebec Junior Hockey League. He's a former MVP there. Put up a hundred points the last couple seasons. On just, I mean, he put up video game numbers down there. Granted, he was a little older than most of the competition because of the AHL's weird um, age rule where you have to be a minimum of twenty by a certain date. So he had to go back to the Q. But I truly believe that Abramov. I mean, he's competing for a roster spot in training camp. Let's let's be real. I mean, well, the, he he could push for Hannah Kynan's position. He could push Sonny Milano. He could. Um, the only downside is okay. He doesn't make the roster. He gets sent to Cleveland and starts lighting it up right. for the monsters and leads them to another Calder Cup. Correct. You know. It, right. So I'm I'm really interested in the training camp. A lot of the a lot of the hype this summer has been around Jonathan Davidson. He was even mentioned in an athletic article where it was discussing which prospect to watch for each team uh, as we go into training camp. And Jonathan Davidson was brought up for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that just goes to show me that even like across the national across the NHL media market they're they're sleeping on Abramov um I don't think I know Davidson has the ability to play center 
However, I don't think he has the goal scoring ability or the speed, the flash, the t- the raw talent, frankly, that Ibramov does. So doesn't that just make him another Wenberg? Yes, it's in in although with more scoring talent. Yeah. At least he's put up double digits. <laughs> um, at least uh, I do think I do think that Abramov is sincerely going to push for a spot in the training in training camp. He was a third he was a third round pick in the in his draft year, um, strictly because of his size. He was listed at five nine, might be a little bit shorter than that, but he was he was rated. By numerous scouting agencies, as if this kid was three inches taller, he'd be a top ten pick. <laughs> and they, so you're going to not they, so they knocked him because he was short, despite the way the league is going, where guys like Dalton Prout are leaving the league in favor of Cam Atkinsons and. Connor McDavid's and these short guys who fly up and down. David Pasternak. Guys. The league's getting faster and smaller. Right. It's it's all about who can who can get that one step on a defenseman skating through the neutral zone and put the puck in the net. Oh, kind of like Panarin. Exactly. He's so slippery. Right. And Abramov Abramov is in that same mold as Panarin. I don't know if he's as fast. I mean, there's few guys in the league who are that fast. However, I believe Abramov can be. So 80%, 90% of Panarin. And that's that that's his ceiling. And that's that is a huge thing to have in the prospect pipeline coming up. Absolutely. So I got a on, question. On a cost controlled contract. <laughs> I got a question for you. I have an answer. How did you get into writing? How did I get into writing? Well, um I started when I when I first visited the canon, um, I was just a fan who was looking for some more Blue Jackets writing because following the Columbus Dispatch and Aaron Portsline just wasn't enough for me. I wanted just <laughs> all I wanted all the Blue Jackets coverage I can I could get. Um, kind of a hardcore fan, if you hadn't noticed. Um, Not at all. I don't I don't know this 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 big tattoo on my leg might say <laughs> something. Um, so I just I visited the Canon as a fan. Um, I read the articles for a little while, and then I eventually started commenting on the articles. And then one day, out of the blue, the former managing editor of the site sent me an email and said, Hey, um, one of my writers is leaving. Would you like to take his place? I'm like, he's like, you know, I've been following your comments. I think you're really knowledgeable. Um, You obviously are very passionate about the team. Would you like to continue writing? Or would you like to write for the site? So I thought about it for about 20 minutes and said, yeah, yes, I will. So I, and I, that was in 2014 or so, 2015, maybe. And I've been writing for them ever since. Um, it's a very good time. I, I really, I really do enjoy, um, the ability to write about the team. It's something I'm extraordinarily passionate about. I enjoy, um, it's good and bad that I'm hypercritical and hyper aware. Watching you're an emo- you're an emotional fan. I am, I am very much an emotional fan, and I part of what I pride myself about in in my writing. I, I know not everyone. I could never be a reporter for the Dispatch <laughs> because you have to be objective, and I pride myself on writing for the Canon as if 
I want my articles to come across, I, I want to obviously back them up with fact and reason and logic. However, I want everything to come across as if we were having a conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to be able to read my article and hear my voice in my head as if I'm telling you, this is what I believe, here's the factual basis for it. That's the style of writing I have. I know it's not hyper neutral like I could not be a writer for NHL.com because I just care too much about this hockey team and I want them to succeed. So I pick nits, I get frustrated but it's all in favor of I want this I do want this I do at my core want this team to succeed. You've traded everybody on the team three times. Look, at just various because times. I don't like, <laughs> just because I don't like Brandon Dubitsky. Do you think he has a bounce back year no. this year? No. No, I do not. Why is that? Okay. <laughs> defend yourself. I will I will defend myself. I know everyone is counting on Dubinsky to have a bounce-back season, especially after... I mean, he did miss a lot of games with injury last year. He got his face broken in that incredibly stupid fight with 25 seconds or whatever it was left to go in that game. He got his face punched in, and he missed a bunch of games. Um, Happens to the best of us. Right. Who, who hasn't been there? <laughs> However, um, when, when I saw Dubinsky even before that and after, after he came back and was supposedly fully healthy after the all-star break um i just saw a guy who is on the downside of his career and he frankly looked a step slow um we were talking about we met, we had mentioned that the league is going to a speedy quicker game um brandon dubinsky just looked lost out there i mean there were there were guys who were third and fourth line centers who were just skating by him as if he were a traffic cone on the ice that is that is the biggest concern for me going forward with Dubinsky. Once once you hit a certain age, speed foot speed is not something that com just comes back. You, you know, he might have the hockey sense to take, you know, to um compensate for that, but at some point you just you you you're out of position because the guys around you are that much faster. The guys who are skating and I that's the biggest that's the thing for me that wants me to say Brandon Dubinsky much as I would, because he's under contract for so long, and he he's we're obviously not going to scratch healthy scratch a five point eight million dollar player for sixty games. I would, I, and and not Tor with, torts might. And, well, <laughs> well, I mean, that's... If if there is any coach who would, it would be John Tortorella. But I don't think you know. I want him to have a bounce back bounce back season for for the for the good of the team and for him personally, especially after the struggles he had. And I know he spent all summer working out in Columbus with Cam Atkinson. Um, well, what would be considered a bounce back? So, I mean, ten goals. So last year he put up five ten or like five fifteen twenty or something yeah. like that. Um, I would say for Dubinsky to have a bounce back season. Now keep in mind he's going to at best play fourth line minutes, mm -hmm. unless he shifts to wing, which is possible um, depending on the health of Lucas Sedlak. Um, but I believe something along the lines of 10, 12 goals, 20 assists, 30 points for Dubinsky. Well, I was looking last week just out of curiosity because the articles started coming out. You know, oh, Doobie looks quick, you know, bounce back, yada, yada, yada. His career average, if you look and break it down year by year, early in his career, he had a couple of seasons where he was 20, 25 goals. But on the average, he's a 12 to 15 goal scorer a year. 
over over the course of his right. career. So if he if he can get somewhere around 10, 12 goals, that'd be and, and anything else is gravy. I, I I sincerely hope for his sake and for the team's sake he can do it. I just given the foot speed issue, and now, now I could be wrong. If the articles are coming out that he looks quick, I I could be t- uh, entirely wrong. Wouldn't wouldn't be the first time. It certainly won't be the last. Um, but I guess we will see. We'll see going forward. Did you see what uh, Tort said in his interview with, with Forty about Doobie? Mm-mm. Hold on, let me uh, find it here. Um, the question that Porty asked, and this is from his uh, interview with uh, uh, Tortorella on The Athletic. Um, uh, you're deeper down your spine now with the signing of center Riley Nash. After what you went through at the position last season, how beneficial is the move via free agency? Um Torts starts giving an answer, but the 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 thing that, that got my attention is what Torts said about Doobie. And he said, quote, I think it's a very big year for Doobie. My exit meeting with him ended with, quote, I don't want to talk to you this summer because to me, the rhetoric is out the window between you and I right now. No, feel free to laugh during this because I laughed out loud when I when I first uh, read this. Um we know each other, we've talked enough, and I told him how you do your stuff and how you look when I first see you when training camp starts is going to speak volumes to me as far as what you want to do with your career. So basically, get your act together. Stay out of trouble and get your act <laughs> And I don't want to talk to you. Get out of my sight. It's almost like dad, you know. Right. You know what? I don't want to see you anymore today. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm not mad, Brandon. I'm disappointed. <laughs> That's the worst. You'd rather them be mad. Right. I'm not mad, Brandon. I'm just disappointed. Um, well, given what Torts, given that conversation with Torts, I'm sure he'll be watching Dubinsky intensely when training camp starts. We're less than two weeks out, so. Torts will Torts and the training staff will get their first look at Brandon du- the the new look Brandon Dubinsky. So he better run that that whatever that two miles and ten minutes or or whatever it is the the heart attack that never, that I just never see. on my never on my best day could I have run two miles and ten minutes. I would just die right there, lay down, die. So when do you think they get Torts resign now that they've got? JD and all them resigned. I would have to think it's. I would anticipate it's coming soon. Um, Porcelain tweeted yesterday, I believe, that negotiations are still ongoing. Um, yeah, in that interview that I was reading from there, I, I think the quote was that uh, they were close. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Por- yeah. He's he's very close. I would assume that he gets to. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Portsline said, tweet, sorry, Portsline tweeted yesterday at 5 o'clock that, uh, both party, told by both parties that a contract extension for, uh, Coach John Tortorella is, quote, still in the works, and they hope to have it done before training camp. And that, that timeline makes sense. They would want to get that settled, so it's not an, as few contracts are an issue going into the season as is possible. <laughs> um, and I, I, how many UFAs do you want uh, going into the next season? Right. I mean, it worked for Trots. Right, right. 
Um, I, I, I anticipate that it gets done soon, and I, and I can, I support re-signing Torts at this point, um, for a few years, probably three, four, somewhere in there, I would assume would be... I'm completely biased, just because, full disclosure, I've adopted a dog from him, but I want to see a five-year contract, you know, just, you're not gonna find a coach out there that brings a better culture right and generally he, cares about the city he, like he does and he does he genuinely he 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 absolutely helped change the the culture of the club which was as it's been widely reported that the blue jackets had a very much a country club culture under Todd Richards and previous front office staffs who just kind of let the players run amok and towards basically buckled them down and made them get their act together and get in line. Um, Daddy's home. <laughs> in, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, you, can't, you can't go monkey around and play golf on the weekends anymore. Um, or before a game. <laughs> right. So, yeah, none of you guys are Michael Jordan, so, sorry. Um, I believe, I, I think signing towards for, for an extension is the right thing to do. He will. He'll get his extension. He will get the chance to coach the team into the future. Especially, I really. I what. What I'm most interested to see with John Tortorella this season is how does he manage the clubhouse. I know. I know he tends to let the players run the clubhouse themselves, and um, the, he that Torts doesn't like to be in the locker room. However, I wonder if he changes that slightly this season, given that two of his team's leaders are unrestricted free agents and may not re-sign. I wonder if he just takes more of a hand in, say, in keeping the team laser-focused on their goal and not letting questions about from the media, from fans, from inside the locker room become a distraction about what's Panarin going to do, what's Bobrovsky going to do. I wonder if he takes a more hands-on approach this season i think it probably depends on i would guess how the first 10 games go right i wouldn't be shocked um yeah if they get if they get off to a hot start maybe he just lets it go but if things go south quick he might have to get in there and rein them in a little bit right um i'm trying to look up our first 10 games right now and see well i like how uh how Torts also said in that interview, basically admitted that he screwed up coaching Z last season. I very much enjoyed that, um, especially after it came out that Warinsky was as was hurt as badly as he was. For, first of all, and still he doesn't use it as an excuse. I want, I, to, I, want I want to give I want to give Zach Warinsky a standing ovation for playing <laughs> seventy games last year with a torn labrum in his shoulder. I can't use my arm, but here I am. <laughs> he, he had he had a harness holding his shoulder together since Halloween, and still set set a club record for goals scored by defensemen. That's <laughs> and he turned twenty one this summer. That's disgusting. Zach Wierenski celebrating with the uh, Stanley Cup. Yeah, would it be as off the hook as Ovechkin or more would, low key? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, allow me to answer your question with one of my own. Would Zach Warinsky finally smile? No. Probably not, no. Cool, I'm going to play Fortnite. Right. 
Uh, hey, I won the cup, okay. Here. Well, he did get pretty excited when he won the Calder Cup, so. He did. There was yeah. there was a smile in that picture. Yeah. He all he you could almost see teeth. That was Zach. So so yeah, I, I truly believe that yeah, um I I think not only did Torts admit his mistake and understand that he can you know, there are ways that he can coach younger players. He might need to rethink some of his coaching strategies. I think that um, that said just as much about Seth Jones. Yeah. When Seth Jones came, went to went to Torts unprovoked and said, "I will take care of." Seth. <laughs> I think he said in the interview um, that, that Torts said something like, uh, "You're screwing it up. Let me handle this," or or something like that. Right. <laughs> Um, it's, it's not working with you. Yeah, you you need to uh, just just go over there. Uh, I, I'll handle the kid. All right. That it, it's it's almost unbelievable after struggling to find a true number one defenseman for so long. The, the now blue, we have two. The Blue Jackets have arguably the best pairing in the entire National Hockey League um, until Tampa gets Eric Carlson and they can pair with <laughs> Victor Edmond. Yeah, well, with what cap space? Uh, I can trade out someone. Sure. What, Stamkos? <laughs> See ya. Thanks oh. for playing. Th- thanks, I'm sure. Enjoy Ottawa. <laughs> Vasileski. Since you can't ta- tan down here, um, we're just, we're going to send you up north, bud. We're afraid you're going to burst into flames. But it, but it is very cool to see that the Blue Jackets have such a strong, strong first pairing. I am... After losing Ian Cole this summer, I'm interested to see how the bottom two pairs work out. Um, rumors abound that they're going to... Obviously, Marcus Nudevar is going to move up, especially yeah. after he, his contract was extended, and he looked great the second half of the year. They he, got him at a bargain. He was <laughs> a seventh-round pick. Can you believe that? Yeah. Marcus Nudevar, a seventh-round pick. Tell you win cups. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... Now, rumors abound that they're going to play him with Ryan Murray. Um, well, he might only last five games. Right. Um, which I hope he lasts longer than I, five I games with his injury. Um, I actually have an article coming out on the 19th. It's in the process of being written, but it, it is coming. <laughs> would you like to read your rough draft to us? Um, <laughs> it's, it's about what we should expect from Ryan Murray this year. What do we? What should we as fans expect and what should he expect? Um I hope he comes in with a chip on his shoulder. He he took a one-year deal, um, so he he will still be an RFA at the end of this season with with RFA rights this summer. Betting on himself, kind of like Weld Bill. Right. He's he's betting, he's absolutely betting on himself, thinking that if I stay healthy, I can earn a long-term contract from the club. A lot of his injuries have seemed to be fluky in in ways like the broken hand blocking a shot against Buffalo in March of 2016 or 2017. That's just one of those things. That, like the, the the most devastating injury for Ryan Murray to me, at least in his career, was when he blew his knee out. Yeah. Because his when he, when he was drafted number two overall, his number one skill was his above average mobility, and it seemed to it seems to have robbed him of. Which is that's that's just incredibly unfortunate for him um, as a former number two pick. However, I believe Murray. I believe if we see a healthy Murray this year, the Blue Jackets' bottom, the the Blue Jackets' blue line will be fine. If we lose Ryan Murray for extended periods of time, knock on wood, 
Um, if we lose Ryan Murray, then we have problems. You even make him an offer. Um, I'm, <laughs> or do you I, just I, I let would, him would, walk at that point? I, I would be more worried about getting into the season then. Because yeah. then, you, then you have Nudavara, Savard, and then a bottom pairing of Dean Kukan and Scott Harrington. And that's just... Yeah, that's not that is not an NHL defensive pairing. If everybody stays healthy, do we have a defense, uh, a, a, I guess, on par, say with Nashville? Who's got a deeper blue line? Um, I would say Nashville does. I think I would feel confident if everyone stays healthy. We might need one more guy. Just maybe, maybe something like an Ian. We wouldn't need to trade for Ian Cole, but someone along those lines at the deadline, just to bolster depth going yeah. forward in case something happens. And something will happen. Absolutely, just... injuries happen. We, we've seen it all the time. Uh, the Blue Jackets more than most teams, it <laughs> seems like. Um, but I believe you know I believe what? the Blue Jackets will have a with a, a they'll have a deep enough defense and. And anytime you can talk about playing David Savard on the third pairing with Dean Kukan or Scott Harrington, I believe Dean Kukan will win that spot in training camp, um, especially after he was extended and given a one-way deal, mm-hmm. uh, a two-year one-way deal. I believe he will he will earn the spot on the third pairing come opening night. However, yeah, I, th- I think the Blue Jackets will be fine. I think I think that defense. Especially with a healthy Wierenski and a healthy Jones, um, that defense is good enough to win win a win playoff series. You know what the injury nightmare scenario is? It's losing Seth Jones. No, Bob gets injured early in the season, tears his hammy again, or you know, I mean, because then you know he's in a contract year. He's that, that, out thirty to forty games. You know, what do you do then? Um, you pray Jonas Corposalo can hold the fort down. Um, I guess I guess then you see, yeah, you see what you have in Jonas Car- Corposalo. Um, at least for the early part of that stretch, uh, you see if he can hold the fort down. Corposalo has always played well in extended periods of ice time during his career. He's he's not super great in spot duty. Which, granted, you're playing behind a two-time Vesna winner, you're not going to start all that often. Um, if he were to, if Corpusalo struggles, then you have to look at bringing in outside help. I don't, I cover this team and I cannot tell you who our first goaltender in Cleveland is. I just can't. I thought it was Theason. Theason? I, I might be butchering his name. Sure. <laughs> I, I could not tell you, which goes to show you about the, the very, cons- now, however, I can, we do have, we do have depth. It's just over in, in the, Sweden. It's, it's over in Sweden and unable to come over right now. Um, Old Elvis. Yeah. So he's such a playboy. He is a playboy. So it remains. I yeah. Um, not that, <laughs> not that will the Jackets stay mostly healthy this year and can make some noise in the playoffs. I think it is entirely possible that we finally get that monkey off our back this year and win a playoff series. If. If the Blue Jackets can hang on to Artemi Panarin for the whole entirety of the season, I think this could be the year. Even, think, even if we lose him for nothing, I'd like to see a playoff series win enough that I would... I think what's being downplayed, too, is Brad has been away for the summer. He hasn't been around his teammates. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been in the city. 
the real recruiting and negotiation, it, it doesn't start until September 13th until, you know, the room gets a hold of them. Especially if they go on a, a run together, it's... It's why would why do you want to leave this man? Right. Come on, I mean you can buy it. You can buy a beach condo and hang out there all the, season. <laughs> hang out here with us and and play for Stanley Cups. Look what happened when you left Chicago. All right, prediction time. Where do the Blue Jackets finish the season at? How um, many points? How many points? Okay. Um, I think the Blue Jackets finish with. Um, 101 second in the metro. That 101 is only good enough for second in the metro. I think the Penguins are going to win the. Or I think the Penguins are oh. win the metro. I know it's depressing. Now I have to throw you out that window. I think I think the Penguins will win the metro. Is this 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 Crosby and Malkin are getting old. Matt Murray is shaky. Um, He's also he, got concussion issues. Right. Um. But I think. I, I think Washington is going to be hung over, possibly quite literally, <laughs> from their Stanley Cup win. Uh, is that why Barry Trotz bailed? The Capitals did Trotz dirty. They yeah. should have just been willing to pay him whatever he wanted and shut their mouths. Right. I think, yeah. Um, I wonder if their mind was made up even before the playoffs, though. <laughs> But yeah, so my so my prediction is the Blue Jackets finish second in the Metro with a hundred points, hundred one points, hundred one points, and crack. Um, I think they win. I think they beat the Capitals in the first round, and advance on for the first time in franchise history. Mark it down. Write it down. You mark, hurt. Mark, mark it down. <laughs> September sixth. Eric was positive about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Eight fifty two p.m. Let the record reflect. Eric was positive. How many beers have you had? Two. <laughs> Two, the number of rounds we're going to get to this year. Well, thank you very much for being my very first guest on my podcast. Thank you for having me, Justin. It was truly a pleasure. You're like my Bill Murray. I guess that makes me David Letterman. I mean, I, I am kind of ugly like him, so it kind of works out. But uh, Do I have to be funny now? Yes, you, you have. No, no one wants that. You have to be funny now. Thank you, Justin. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you, and thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Justin Needham, and this is the Blue Hat Podcast.